Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome back. Well, now we have the good news for the cotton farmers. Some crime stats for the River Chase Galleria. And by far the best thing to come out of SEC Media Days. I'm Mike Morgan and we're down in Alabama. The other day we picked up the story about the new strain of cotton blue disease that may be a threat to the next few Alabama cotton crops. And of course last year's late crop was largely taken out by Hurricane Michael. But the broader picture may be a little more bright for Alabama cotton farmers. William Thornton is AL.com's business reporter. He's been on down in Alabama before. He also covers agriculture for us. He could be the next Gene Reagan if he wanted to. Anyway, he has a couple of good stories in the Alabama cotton industry on the site you'll want to check out. There are a few reasons for optimism right now, according to sources in the stories. Remember that cotton is competing with man-made fibers in the retail market. Auburn professor Dale Monks believes that when the economy is good, people eat more meat and wear more cotton. If you took macroeconomic principles, you should have heard that part about meat. And there are a couple things that may make cotton do better in a more robust economy. Now, synthetic fiber clothes, such as yoga pants, which compete with cotton-made clothes, don't wear out as quickly as your blue jeans. So coming out of the Great Recession, the economy held down the price of crude oil, which is used to make that synthetic fiber, which means there were a lot of cheap and trendy yoga pants and stretch golf shirts and whatever, making tough competition for cotton farmers. Now at the same time we had a situation where cheap food, not meat, was in demand. Corn, soybeans, and wheat. So a lot of people chose to use their land for that instead of cotton. Now the economy is humming a little better, the opposite of all that's happening. More people can afford to replace those worn out cotton blue jeans and more people will stop at the triple R for fried chicken instead of eating something with soy product. So by this theory, it's making more sense to devote more farmland to cotton. You're growing more of it, you're selling more of it. Well anyway, if agriculture and economics fascinate you as much as it obviously does me, check out those stories. I linked to one last night in my Twitter feed, at Ike Morgan. Since a fatal shooting at the River Chase Galleria Mall in Hoover last month, some people naturally wondered what the heck is going on over there. Now, it had been only six months since the high-profile shooting this past Thanksgiving, during which two people were injured, and then a police officer shot and killed E.J. Bradford. And that shooting has since been ruled justified by the Alabama Law Enforcement Agency in the Attorney General's office. Now, you can make what you will out of statistics, but many, including Hoover Police Captain Greg Rector, say it ain't Dodge City. AL.com's Carol Robinson reported on some of the numbers. Captain Rector told Carol, We realize we've gotten a lot of negative attention recently with two homicides since November. Prior to the Thanksgiving Day shooting, there had not been a homicide at the Galleria since 2000. Prior to 2000, there were zero homicides. And the Galleria dates back to 1986, which was a pretty good year. 
so that makes three shooting deaths in 33 years. And according to Rector, there have been about 500 million shoppers during that time. The vast majority of crimes reported there are misdemeanor theft and fraud cases. In the past two and a half years, only 26 incidents were considered serious felonies. Four were shootings, the two fatalities already mentioned, one where a guy was grazed in the leg and didn't report it for five days, plus one where a man said he shot himself in the hand in a parking deck. One more stat we'll mention. According to Rector, there's been less than one car break-in a month during that same time period. We're going to go ahead and agree with AL.com sports columnist Joseph Goodman. The best thing so far to come out of SEC Media Days at the Winfrey Hotel in Hoover, Alabama, is that the SEC officiating team now has a Twitter account. At SEC officiating is the handle. Now, in case you haven't heard, Twitter can be a rather unsympathetic place. Joe curated some tweets directed at the new account for his column yesterday. There's some really good ones. We've been watching them ever since. The first one, go ahead and block me. Then there were the accusatory tweets. Do you all have your Bama undershirts picked out for the season? There were the demanding tweets. Can you please provide an explanation for the missed holding calls against Sidney Rice versus Tennessee in 2006? There were the sympathetic tweets. Whoever's in charge of this account is already woefully underpaid for what they're about to endure. And there were the informative tweets. Hey guys, just a helpful hint for when you realize later today that all of this was a bad idea. And that last one came with a link to how to deactivate your account. Hey, y'all check out that new podcast I mentioned last week, The Reckon Interview. Hosted by John Hammontree, the first two episodes are interviews with comedian Roy Wood Jr. and designer Billy Reed. It should be available on whatever podcast platform you use. As always, we appreciate y'all so much for taking the time to listen. Let's do this again tomorrow. Until then, come on by and see us anytime on the internet at al.com. Music